I started getting my de- Christmas decorations out late last night. Oh. And then they're just sitting in my living room. <laughs> yeah, so I started Thanksgiving Day. As soon as we were through eating, I started pulling out my Christmas decorations. Oh, I saw some of in your stores some of the yeah. little things that we've purchased at the stores. I know. And I got I got sick over the weekend. I thought I had COVID. As you know, you heard but all you about didn't. it. I didn't have COVID. But let me tell you, I I never get sick. And so when I started running a fever, I was like, well, it must be COVID. <laughs> would, would it not what, be? I mean, like, I don't no. ever get sick with anything else. Yeah. Um, I like to say that I have like the world's most amazing immune system. Yep. But if there's a new virus, I can't help it. But, she hasn't built up immunity. <laughs> yeah. I am superhuman, but everybody has their weaknesses. <laughs> but um, so I went. I was really, I don't know if anybody else had this problem. I was really anxious about getting tested for COVID. I'd never been tested before. It's really the government trying to give you a lobotomy. (laughs) (laughs) I just, like the flu test, you know, they already stick that thing pretty far up your nose for the flu test. And I hate that. Yeah. And then, so for the, when this, when they were like, this is further than the flu. And I was like, nope, I don't want to do that ever. So I, I really, really, really had to talk myself into going to get tested. Yeah. And then it turned out to be negative. I didn't have COVID. But anyway, point being, I started decorating, got sick. And so for the whole weekend, all that mm-hmm. stuff, my house was just a just wreck. Sitting. Yeah. So when I finally like ventured out of my room Sunday night yeah. and went downstairs for the first time in three days, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, here stuff it is. Everywhere. I'm not feeling festive. No. Well, my sister and I went to Joanne Fabrics yesterday because she needed stuff to decorate her tree with. They've got so much cute stuff. Yes. Brian's super pregnant and she is just like hormonal, you know, how mm-hmm. you get. And she's just like, Christmas is canceled. Christmas <laughs> is over. I hate it. I, her lights died on her tree. Oh, no. And she's just like angry about everything. So I met her at Joanne Fabrics last night and you know me, like dancing around the store. Yeah. Like throwing stuff at her. <laughs> we ended up finding Singing yeah, random well, songs. For, yeah, yeah, that was me the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. People were I know staring. Yeah. yeah. Like grabbing random stuff and putting it in her cart. It's fine. <laughs> um we ended she ended up spending, you know, like 180 bucks. She got enough to decorate two trees. Joanne Fabrics is a place to be. Oh it's great. They have so much seventy percent off. I haven't even been in there in years and then my friend Amy wanted to go the other day so we went and i was like look at this look yeah. at Joanne's fabrics it's great yeah yeah they so moved much and now they're stuff. wonderful so then she messaged her husband and she was like christmas isn't canceled and he said what <laughs> <laughs> joanne saved christmas joanne is here to say this is not joanne. an ad it's not <laughs> if joanne fabrics wants to sponsor us so we i will can decorate the shop that's great i'll be happy with it i'm all over it hey this is witch's magic murder mystery <laughs> not joanne fabrics this is not about this is not even a craft or decorating podcast or christmas podcast it is a podcast about witches, magic, murder, and mystery. And mysteries. I'm Megan. I'm Kara. Greetings of the day. <laughs> Can we make it a thing? Season's greetings. Greetings of the day. Warmest wishes. <laughs> Best regards. Yeah. <laughs> we also, at times, are just a Shit's Creek tribute podcast. <laughs> okay. What okay. do we got to this time? So, I have a murder. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know, I took a little break season. I'm back yeah. in full force. We went two weeks without a murder, you guys. We did great. I'm mm-hmm. proud of us. We all needed time to recover from Sylvia Likens. Just needed to heal. <laughs> Just needed to cleanse. Heal wounds. Okay, I am talking about Pearl Bryan. And where is her head? <laughs> Where's her head? Where is her head to this day? We oh, do not know. No. Yes. So some people have believed that the ghost of Pearl Bryan is said to be roaming Bobby Mackey's bar. Um, but a lot of people kind of dispute this. Where is this? It is in Kentucky. 
Bobby Mackey's bar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pearl Bryan was one of 12 children born to Alexander and Susan Farrow Bryan. She was born between 1872 and 1874 in Greencastle, Indiana, the second to youngest child and the last daughter. Alexander. One of 12 children. Yeah. Mm. I'm one of five, and I feel like that's a lot. Alexander, her dad, was a well-to-do farmer. He was a stock breeder, so, like, cattle, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Dairy business owner, whatever. Some people don't know what cattle, stock is. Some, whatever. Yes, some cows. people don't know. Could be chickens. Who knows? Rabbits, I think people even. think that in Kentucky, everybody has cows. We don't. I would love one of the fluffy ones, though. Okay. okay. Oh, God, me too. They're so oh, cute. they're so cute. I love and cows. cows are so sweet. Mm-hmm. And he was also a dairy business operator. Mm-hmm. The Bryan family had high social standing in their community, so they didn't have any financial issues during the 19th century. Um, it never seemed to affect the family, and they even survived the diphtheria outbreak. But by the beginning of the 20th century, their luck changed, and half of their children died. Oh, no. So causes included are brain fever, a peculiar <laughs> folding bed accident, and of course, or pearls decapitation murder so can we go back to the folding bed accident what i don't know i didn't look into it i probably should have so there were 12 so, kids and then there were six yeah and, and this is why yeah brain fever brain also. fever what is that yeah I don't... man the 1800s were a wild can you time. imagine being a doctor and going in and being like that's brain fever. she's got the brain fever she's got the brain fever but also a peculiar folding bed folding accident. bed accident yeah is it like a murphy bed you think where it comes Ow. down from the wall and then I don't know, we're like one of those cots that you like fold up. Jeez. But how is that like so spring? I don't know. (laughs) How also would that, did they suffocate in it? Did they? (sighs) Yeah, there's lots of questions. We're going to have to Google this. This poor family, though. I didn't have enough details on this. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't (laughs) believe that's not your focus. Decapitation, whatever. But someone died in a folding bed. Or Um, multiples, because there were six that died. So how many? I don't know. This is so weird. Yep. So you had 12. Isn't it amazing, too, just how you could lose six kids so quickly? Yeah. I mean, But then you'd be like, well, we still have six. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they had 12. Like, I mean, well, but honestly, like a friend of mine was talking about that the other day, how like a long time ago. They had them to work the farms yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And they used to tell you, like, don't get too attached to your kid until they at least are like five. Yeah. <laughs> because. Yeah. The odds of survival, you right? Know. All their diseases. I mean, years and years and years ago. Because vaccinations weren't really a thing then. Yeah. Okay. Pearl, you know, was one of those. But while she was living, she was very active in the community, in the church, and the school. After graduation, Pearl taught Sunday school at the Methodist Church and helped raise the young children left motherless by the deaths of her sisters. In the spring. Oh, of- so so they they were old enough to have the kids yeah. of their own when they died. This is. Deep. Curiouser and curious. Curiouser and curious. I was picturing small children who got killed by a folding no. bed. No. Wow. Okay. In the spring of 1895, Pearl met Scott Jackson. He hmm. had moved to Greencastle with his mother, who was trying to hide the fact that he had been in a serious trouble for embezzling from the railroad and disorderly conduct involving a prostitute, which got him kicked out of a dental college in Indianapolis. They moved in with Scott's sister, and he got an interim job working for the town dentist while waiting for fall quarter of the dental college in Cincinnati to start. So he was going to go be a dentist. Yes. And he'd had some trouble in his past. Yeah. And his mom was trying to hide it. Yeah. So not long after moving to Greencastle, Scott met William Wood, who was Pearl's cousin. William introduced them, and soon Pearl, whose nickname was Bert, and Scott, whose nickname was Dusty. I don't... Per- Bert? I don't... 
Her nickname was Pearl? Yeah. Who I love that, though. Yeah. Also, like, did you know that my name was almost Pearl? Have I ever told you this story? No, but I... That's what I'm my parents start. wanted to name me, was Pearl. My name was going to be James. <laughs> they thought I was a boy up until almost the point when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, oh... oh. Guess not. She's okay. Kind of Pearl. Can you imagine? I, like that. I mean, I, now I'm, gonna start I'm like, that would be amazing. Pearl. But when I was like, whatever, 10, Pearl, I heard the story, I was like, oh my God. I, why would you do that? Thank to God me? you didn't name me Pearl. Now yes. I think it'd be fantastic. So, right before Scott left for school in October in Cincinnati, he and Pearl became intimately involved. They got it, they got it on. They yeah, that's what that means. They yeah. did the dude. <laughs> Some heavy necking and petting in that time. <laughs> After he had left for Cincinnati, Pearl discovered she's pregnant. Oh. Yeah. I mean, congratulations, but oh, no, that's not what she that's, was counting on. That's what ended it for her. And it was also outside of marriage, which yeah. I'm sure in that time it was oh, no. like super bad. Yeah. So, And she was a Sunday school teacher, which made it even worse. In the Methodist church. So she desperately wanted to marry Scott and keep the baby, but Scott was like, heck no. He was mm. back in college and was like, Pearl, you, you can't. You can't do this. You've got to have an abortion. Well, back then, abortions were illegal. It was a criminal, mm-hmm. you know, thing. You can't you can't be doing that. Yeah. So Scott returned to school, and Pearl kept her condition secret from her family. Uh, he wrote letters to William, the cousin, with messages for Pearl. They're not expressions of love, but instructions and recipes meant to induce a miscarriage. Oh, no. Yeah. Pearl wrote back to explain the methods weren't working. She had tried them. It, nothing's happened. Baby's still there. Oh. She was beginning to show when he visited for Christmas, and he knew something needed to be done. Uh, so he asked Pearl to arrange a trip to Cincinnati where he would take care of her. Oh, no. I don't like any of this. No. She believed Scott would marry her in Cincinnati. So she was like, oh, he's going to take care oh, of me. Oh, would he? Oh, she yeah. thought that's what he meant. Yeah. Bless her heart. This is awful. Yeah. So she told her family she was going to visit the Fisher family, who were childhood friends who had moved away in Indianapolis. But instead, she set off for Cincinnati on January 28th, 1896. So did her family know that she was involved mm-hmm. with this guy? I guess so. Yeah. Because they were... She she knew they knew that they were courting or whatever dating courting yeah yeah necking and putting when she arrived at cincinnati she went to the college of dental surgery to find scott but she couldn't find him so she checked herself into and rented a room at the indiana house of downtown cincinnati under her sister's name mrs maude stanley do we think that he was ever actually at the college of dental I surgery no i bet he wasn't i bet it was all a lie mm-hmm. She located Scott via messenger, and the two made plans to meet. Scott arrived with his roommate, Alonzo Walling. Scott let Pearl know he had no plans to marry her, and the purpose of the visit was to terminate her pregnancy. So she's getting there, and she's probably, like, in her room, getting so excited, thinking, this is going to be great. She's finally to marry her boyfriend, and they're going to have their baby together. Uh She's got this whole future. He's in dental college. He'll be able to support me because back then nobody brushed their teeth. So, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, that's a horror story in itself. But, <laughs> oh, this is so sad. Yeah. Okay. It's hard. Because I, I I don't feel like any of this is going to work out well it for doesn't. Pearl. It doesn't. No, yeah, especially if we're searching for her head in the bar. Right. We did say that at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, testimony from various witnesses indicated that for the next three days, Jackson continued to play the unsuccessful chemist and gave Pearl drugs that he hoped would cause her to abort. A druggist from a, a local pharmacy stated that he had sold Scott a large amount of cocaine, which was legal at the time. 
Yeah, and a bartender at Wallingford's Saloon testified that he had seen Scott mix something into her drink early in the evening that night she was killed. Her, her, her autopsy did show that she ingested a substantial amount of the drug shortly before her death. The cocaine did not work as planned, though, and late that night, Jackson and his friend Alonzo Walling hired a, a driver named George Jackson, who was no related, not related to them, to take them on what would be Pearl's last ride. I don't understand... They didn't give it much time to work, you know? It's no. Like, what did they expect? Like, yeah. drink the cocaine. It's going to be immediate. Oh, still got, still pregnant. Well, also, the baby was pretty developed by this point. Like, uh, what, five months, I think? So, yeah. Oh, this is so, terrible. I know. Scott and Alonzo had been friends at a dental school in Indiana. Then he got in trouble and, you know, all that stuff. And then he had to go to the one in Cincinnati. So then they both moved to dental school in Cincinnati where they shared a room at a boarding house. No one really knows why Walling went along with Jackson's murderous plans. Um, but he was known to be, like, just easily, I don't know, he could just easily talk people into anything and everything. So he was probably pretty charming. Yeah. And people said that along... I hate him. Yeah. He, people said that his roommate was a follower, too, so that, that didn't help his case. Anymore. Well, he's just, like, one of these dudes who's, like, I'm not gonna let anything get in the way of yes. what I want. Yeah. So... I'm going to make sure this baby doesn't happen. Yeah. Even if it means killing. Yeah. Killing the woman who I had sex with to make the baby. Exactly. Apparently, you know, like, mm. he just she's not of any use to him anymore. Right. <laughs> okay. So the driver, George Jackson, stated that he had been hired on Elm Street to drive. He left Elm Street, turned left on 3rd Street, right on Broadway, and crossed the Central Bridge. When they had crossed into Kentucky, the route went from 3rd Street to Central Avenue to Chestnut Street to Isabella Street. <laughs> and all <laughs> these, any of you want to all these retrace the steps. <laughs> but it said he got scared because of Pearl's moaning in the back of the carriage and pulled over at the distillery on Licking Pike. So maybe this, she would have had a miscarriage. Yeah. This is the closest <sighs> Pearl would come to being on what is now Bobby Mackey's property. So this is where people think, like, the haunting began. Mm -hmm. But... To each his own. <laughs> he tried to refuse to go any further, but he testified that Alonzo jumped in the driver's seat with him and pulled out a gun and forced him to continue saying, you black bastard, if you try to jump out of here, I'll send you to hell. Oh. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. They proceeded on and eventually ended up going on Alexandria Pike and eventually Grandview Avenue, where John Locke's farm was located, which is where her body is found. Scott and Alonzo dragged Pearl out of the carriage and into the night. George took off running, damaging a lantern on the carriage in the process, leaving his horse and carriage behind when he heard Pearl scream, and he, he didn't look back. Ugh. And later investigation turned out that, you know, the carriage was damaged. And the lantern was damaged. So they were like, okay, well, this guy's got to be telling someone of the truth. Yeah. So it says, all hell broke loose when Pearl's body was discovered at the lock farm the next morning. But no one knew who she was. Um. So when I'm giving you all these details of how the body was found, keep in mind that during this process, no one knew who, who she was. Even okay. though I mentioned her. Right. No one knew it was her. Got it. So, on February 1st, 1896, 17-year-old Johnny Hewling was on his way to the lock farm in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, where he worked as a farmhand. He was running to keep warm. He stumbled over the headless body of a woman. He was terrified, so he ran to his employer, who immediately sent for police. The first officials on the scene were Sheriff John Plummer and County Coroner Tingley. Townsfolk flocked to the lock farm in droves to catch a morbid glimpse of the deceased. So, Kentucky investigators thought the woman was a prostitute from Cincinnati. They called detectives Cal, no, Cal Krim and Jack McDermott, who kept track of the Cincinnati brothels and the girls who worked them. Neither recognized the deceased woman. The woman lay on her chest. Why did they assume she was a prostitute? Exactly. I mean, 
Because she's out at night dead. Ugh, Kara. <laughs> yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm -hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo. T-Y. Mo yes, and it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from fifty nine ninety nine to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so exciting and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so handy. Right. You traveled with it, yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm -hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's right. gonna be so tangled not with this one nice. and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Summer is the season of hot temperatures, outdoor adventures, and refreshing water activities. Summer is also the season of rough on your feet causing dry, cracked heels and toes. Introducing Babyfoot, the original exfoliation foot peel that contains 16 natural extracts formulated to remove dead skin cells in three easy steps. Apply the booties, relax for an hour, then wash your feet. In 14 days, you've got baby smooth skin and your feet have never been softer. Letting dead skin cells build up over time is hazardous to your foot health. Our professional-grade DIY products, like our original exfoliation foot peel, our men's foot peel, or our moisturizing mask, are some of the best foot care products on the market created with your foot health in mind. Pamper yourself with a spa day from the comfort and convenience of your own home with Babyfoot. If you want a chemical-free, easy-to-use exfoliating process from the company that created the original foot peel, it's time to treat yourself to Babyfoot. Go to babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24 and get 20% off your first order with Babyfoot. That's babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24. Yeah, so she was found on her chest on the slope of a ravine. Her arms were outstretched and her feet rested at the top of the hill in a pool of blood. Drops of blood splattered across the leaves and bushes above. The coroner would later testify that Pearl had been alive when she was decapitated because arterial spray from that was found on the leaves was as high as three feet. Some papers even report six feet. That's also like the weirdest way to murder Oh my god, a yes. person. Like he had yeah. a gun. Yeah. And even if he was trying to like not do anything loud, uh -huh. he could have just like beat her. Yeah. But like it's just 
it just shows such like extreme oh yeah callousness yes. that he's like oh, and then and then to apparently take the head with him uh-huh like oh, what he, kind of he sick does. he person does. um yeah and the ground was soaked with at least three inches of her blood that would not oh. have been possible if she'd been dead um that he later claimed when her head was cut off and she just wanted to marry him yep and have his baby she was going to marry the kind of guy who would do this yep and the driver's testimony testimony later confirmed that the female in the carriage had been alive during their journey. So, you know, they right. can't be like, oh, she was dead anyways. Her head was severed below the fifth vertebrae. Due to the murder's gruesome nature, it achieved significant notoriety at the time. Mm. Her body was found behind what is now the YMCA of Fort Thomas, Kentucky. Autopsy later revealed the fatal injection of Prusik acid um caused pearl's death i don't know yeah i don't know what that is it's unclear if the purpose of the injection was to cause an abortion or to kill her did he just remove her head so they could conceal her identity yeah they located a woman's number eight shoe on the top of the bank and a few strands of blonde hair she wore light blue checkered dress a dark blue skirt and a union suit underwear on her hands were tan colored gloves sliced open from grabbing knife blade Officers noted that she was shabbily dressed aside she from her that. Uh-huh. aside from her new shoes, they were her new shoes were of exceptional quality. The deep wounds on her hands and arms indicated that she put one hell of a fight. Uh, yeah. Um, well she's not it's not just her, it's her baby yeah, too. That yeah. she was hoping to have. Yeah. With this fan. Yeah. Dr. Carruthers <sighs> drew this conclusion. He said, I am satisfied that the girl was not raped. He said the man had reason to kill her and the result of the postmortem shows it. I judged that it was a premeditated and cold-blooded murder. The girl, in my opinion, was from the country and comparatively innocent. She was brought to Cincinnati to submit a criminal operation. Once here, she was taken to Fort Thomas and murdered. Dang, he knew all of that just from studying the crime scene? (laughs) Yeah, he said her head was taken away, horrible as it may seem, merely to prevent the identification of her body. Wow. So a mob of people swarmed the area looking for keepsakes, including bloody leaves entrepreneurs set up murderinos set up souvenir stands um so pearl's murder lined a lot of the pockets it says some stories always hear that about especially murders from back in the day you know it was just so and it would have been it would be fascinating yeah and also like yeah macabre some stories claim her unborn five-month-old fetus ended up in a jar that had no. peppermint sticks at a drugstore. No. And people paid to see it. I hope that's not true. I don't believe... I'm going to say that's I'm going to say no. No, that's not no. true, guys. Strike it from the record. Yes. Uh, it says, in an incredible show of sleuthing, two Cincinnati detectives were able to get a break in the case by studying her shoes that they found. Made an a tiny small or in made in a tiny size by a small indiana company the shoes led the detectives to a cobbler who made them they learned only two women had purchased the shoes in that size one was alive and the other was 23 year old pearl bryan her family was notified and pointed detectives to scott jackson 28 year old student of ohio college of dental surgery oh i guess he was actually a student then Whatever. I, I guess so. One him. detective later said that Pearl had gone to meet Jackson to marry him after she learned she was pregnant. So he figured that out. Yeah. The family and detectives tried repeatedly to get Jackson and Walling to reveal what they had done with Pearl's head. In a scene that would never happen to today's court system, the two men were taken to the funeral home where Pearl's family waited. With Pearl's headless body on display in a white graduation dress, oh my her sister God. dropped to her knees and begged Jackson to reveal what he had done with the head. And he said, I can't tell you anything about it. 
Yeah. Wow. Just because he just refused to admit that he did it? Uh-huh. Can't tell you anything about it. I don't know. He's a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. Like he's a horrible person. Horrible person. So it says they never got a straight answer from him. It was revealed during the trial that Brian's cousin, Will Wood, who Pearl Brian, mm-hmm. Will Wood wrote to Jackson when the family learned of unwed Brian was pregnant. Jackson promised Wood he could fix her to protect the family's reputation, according to the Inquirer archives. I bet he was like, I regret ever introducing oh, you to her. for yeah. sure. Letters that were submitted into evidence showed that Jackson had planned to have Walling help perform an abortion, but soon Walling realized that Jackson intended to poison her and make her death look like a suicide. And so the cousin later faced federal charges for advising Jackson on chemicals and procedures that could be used in pregnancies because oh. it was illegal to do abortions. Two separate individuals testified that Jackson had carried around Pearl's like satchel her big bag the day after she was killed and had asked the two people to store it one was a bartender at wallingford's and he had jokingly asked if it carried a bowling ball because the weight inside was rolling around oh no yeah no but there'd be a smell if it you know what i mean but it was the day like right after would it smell right after i believe that it would well (laughs) i just don't want to believe that he was carrying her head around in a bag in her bag. Her bag. From witnesses' testimony concerning the timeline of Scott's activities with her bag, which contained hair and blood stains, Detective Cal Krim um, was of the belief until the day he died that Scott brought the head back to Fort Thomas in her bag, took it to the dental college, and cremated it in the furnace in the cadaver room. Because back then, the dental students worked on the dead people, and parts of them were sometimes burned in the furnace. Then that makes complete sense. Uh-huh. So certainly it was hot enough to destroy her head. Pearl's family had to bury her poor little headless body. And for decades after the murder, people found skulls and they were convinced that they had found her. None of them ever proved to be hers, though. So Pearl's um, body is buried in the family plot at Forest Hill Cemetery in Greencastle. (laughs) The trial was complete by the middle of the summer. More than 100 witnesses were called to Jackson's defense. And according to New York Times, some were paid to commit perjury. Yeah. Because he was a man. Uh, and a, he was a man of his word. And a dental. Yeah. God. God. And a dental student. Yeah. So that's that probably he, meant he was. He got kicked out of that other freaking college. Good Lord. So one of the other detectives later speculated that Jackson chose to kill Pearl after she refused to undergo an abortion, which was illegal at the time. Once again, it was illegal. Can we say? <laughs> it was her body. It was her choice. Okay, guys. Uh, and it's also like, I don't know. He could have just let her live. Like, he could have just let her live and have the baby. Yeah, and just ignore her. And just abandon her. Yeah. like yeah, not, I don't think the courts would have made him pay child support. He's a douchebag either way, but then he's not a murderer. Yeah. Like, just the fact... He just couldn't let her or the baby exist. Yeah. Because it's going to ruin This his. was better. He claimed he was going to help the family's reputation, but he really didn't want to ruin mm-hmm. his. Murdering, murdering is better. Yeah. Okay. So Alonzo and Scott were less than cooperative. They tried to alibi themselves unsuccessfully. Um, then they started turning on each other, each accusing accusing the other of killing Pearl during an attempted abortion performed crudely with dental tools. Uh, uh, they were, they dental were dental tools students. for your abortion. Oh, hey, you know what? You just breezed right. You said that like it was nothing. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> oh, because God. you know what? I, I've practiced removing these molars. Why not? No. I, I, can, I can get a baby out with this, right? Like, dental tools are terrifying uh, enough, and now you're going to use them as an abortion? <laughs> for an abortion? Why? Yeah. Can yeah, we yeah. just, can we rewind time Yeah. <laughs> to, like, three minutes ago yeah. <laughs> before you said that sentence? <laughs> Please. <laughs> I, can, I would like to unhear that sentence. Yes. Sorry. 
Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, God. Yep. Okay. The, the defense argued that Pearl died in Ohio and was beheaded in Kentucky. If the jury accepted this defense, Scott and Alonzo would have been free men since the court could not try them for the same offense in Ohio and Kentucky. What? Wait. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. The well, defense was just like, here's our here's our thing. Like, you can't get She her. can't. <laughs> yeah. Our guys should be free. That means, mm-hmm. no, I can't. I don't like yeah. it. I don't like any of so it. So they put this story out. They said after the botched abortion in Cincinnati, she was in great pain. Scott and Alonzo attempted to sedate her with chloroform. Instead, putting her peacefully under, they accidentally killed her. The defendant said that they brought Pearl's corpse to Kentucky, where they severed her head to conceal her identity. They didn't think any witnesses would come forward to contest their vision of events. Of all the men in the prison, George Jackson, the driver, was able to pick the two men he drove the night Pearl died. So he was, like, in the prison. He's like, uh uh-huh. Good. Those, those are the two yeah. MFers. That's the one who held the gun to my head. Yeah, man. Um, I broke my lantern because of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he identified Scott and Alonzo. Um, George was the Cincinnati Academy, like I said. So on the night Pearl was murdered, he picked him up. He remembered all of this stuff that had happened. And he was just like, yeah, I drove across the Ohio onto Alexandria Pike, like took all these, like named all these streets. He was like talking about everything that he did. Did I just not think he would? Well, so he goes on to say that the guys told him that they were physicians and that they were, you know, they're helping her. Because back then, I'm sure, like, doctors would get a carriage and take... Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know. They didn't have hospitals like that. Then, um, in the absence of a full confession, the jury was like, you know what? They're guilty of murder. This yeah. is it. So the judge handed down the sentence. The two men would hang for their crime. Um, as for their head, the men claimed they threw it in the Ohio River and buried it in a sandbar. When the trial was underway, um, the second person that was said to have had the head in her bag, um, brought the bag to police chief who showed it to Scott. He was like, yeah, that's Pearl's bag. And he then rolled his eyes and wrung his hands as if Pearl's head was ever in the bag and said, I suppose it was, I guess. Oh. I suppose it was. This is a person he used to love. Yeah. So they were sentenced to be hanged and the execution was scheduled for the following March. They were the last people hanging. Maybe he didn't. Maybe I shouldn't say he used to love her. Yeah. But this is the person he used to have sex with. Yeah. He was attracted to her. They were the last people hanged in Newport. The gallows located behind the courthouse were torn down following the execution. The case was very popular nationally at the time, provoking citizens to take souvenirs from the crime scene, even branches, and make people buy Pearl Bryan merchandise from a store near the Newport courthouse. They said that the trial was theatrical um, and the double hanging was urged to be done hastily due to the threat of public lynching by Pearl's friends and relatives. The late um, Jim Reese, the author, historian, and well-known reporter and columnist for the Kentucky Post in an article titled Pieces of the Past relates that even during a jailbreak, the two men remained in their cell cell in fear of being lynched and were heavily protected. So they were like, shoot. So they could escape, but they didn't. Yeah, they, they didn't want to risk going out there. It's safer in here, guys. Yeah. Let's just stay. We're going to get hung later, but yeah, I'd rather be hung I'd rather than face not that. come get us. Good. I'm glad yeah. they were terrified. Yeah. So Jackson was described as like standing tall and proud and just playing the part of an actor. Walling actually trembled with his eyes, just like looking down at the ground. And at that point, Jackson was asked if he had anything to say. An eyewitness said Jackson hesitated for a few moments before he replied. 
And he spoke, before he spoke, Walling turned and looked at Jackson like, come on, dude, like, you've got to tell the truth. So he was thinking, you know, he's going to save my life, even while he stood on the brink of death. Walling had half turned around and he stood in that position with an appealing expression while Jackson, without looking at him, looked up and said, I only have this to say, that I'm not guilty for the crime, which I'm now compelled to pay the penalty of my life. Walling was then asked if he had any comments and he said, nothing. Only that you're taking the life of an innocent man and I will call upon God to witness the truth of what I say. So these guys are like to the death. I was going to say like what at at that point. Yeah. What does it do? Yeah. Yeah. So newspaper accounts of this day and interviews conducted um, indicate nothing about Bobby Mackey's stuff until 2001 when uh, some books focusing on the hauntings were published. Some people even mentioned that the guys were Satanists. But none of that ever shows. It, they were just complete assholes. Um, yeah. More recently, there have been claims that um, her ghost haunts Bobby Mackey's music world located in Wilder. But, I mean, she didn't really die there. So, I don't know. An episode It could also be like a publicity Yeah, sound, like Ghost Adventures wanted. explored Brian or Pearl Bryan's murder and claims of supernatural activity at Bobby Mackey's music world. But we all know who, how that goes. Yeah. The bag that was uh, she had brought to Cincinnati that her blood and hair analysis proved that her head was actually carried in Mm. is on display at the Campbell County Historical Society, along with some other artifacts from the case. Her unborn baby is said to be preserved in a candy jar and was lost after time and almost certainly never got a burial. No, that never happened. That never happened. So, I mean, she, it says, it goes on to say Pearl may very well haunt somewhere. She would certainly have every reason to do so after her traumatic death, especially now with so many misconceptions being thrown around about her. Yeah. But she has no reason to haunt that one building yeah um miles away right but i have a photo okay two photos actually okay so this photo uh is a crime scene photo showing pearl after she had been moved by the corner so this is the corner and look up on the hill oh no oh that's her Mm -hmm. headless headless on a hill i'm amazed that this exists well they were stealing things and photographing that there were hundreds of people there oh oh Oh, I hate this. And then the second photo is Scott Jackson and Alonzo Walling um, at the gallows. It says their necks didn't break during the hanging, and they both took quite a while to die of asphyxiation. Good, good. But look at them up there. Just stone-faced... Assholes. Assholes. And she just wanted to have the to baby... To have the baby and live and a life. And marry her boyfriend. Yeah. And teach her Sunday school class. Yeah. And raise her sister's kids. I am very upset with you. <laughs> Let's go find her and give her a peaceful i mean it is it's just so uh it's also like women who get pregnant by bad horrible men who then yeah murder them is like such a the fact that it's like that still happens is horrible yeah it's horrible you know what i got pregnant at it may not happen like this but it happened and Soph's dad was in medical school yeah we still he didn't kill me right yeah, yeah. so guys it, it can be done yeah <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to kill anybody ever. That's ever. all. Listen, Actually, let's not kill at in all. any situation. Don't kill. You just don't. There's another option. There's another thing you could do. I just can't. It's just the saddest thing. I just keep thinking about how, you know, she went to Cincinnati thinking he was going to propose. Oh, oh okay. Pearl. Sweet Pearl. Sweet little Pearl. Well, <laughs> great job. Sorry, guys. <laughs> great job. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. It was good though. I'm not going to put the headless photo on the uh, Instagram. No. But if you all look it up, it's not gory. 
it's black and white and pretty grainy, but it is we very. Can put a photo it's just of sad. Her yeah, let's just put a photo of her up. It's just sad. It is. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for sticking with us. Have a great <laughs> week. <laughs> um, Try not to think about this too much. Next week, next Friday, uh-huh. will be Christmas Day. Oh my gosh. Merry Christmas early. Merry Christmas early. We are recording this before Christmas, obviously, and we're going to have to think about what sort of episode we're going to have on Christmas Day. <gasps> Should we tag team it again? Like, yes. let's all, every holiday tag team. Good job. Except Thanksgiving, we didn't, but that's okay. We didn't know, but there's not really Thanksgiving murder. I'm sure there, there is Christmas. There's a Thanksgiving murder, and I think Sinisterhood might have done it. You guys mm. listen to Sinisterhood? It's a great. They're amazing. I love them. I love Sinisterhood. Anyway, I think they did the Thanksgiving Day murders. Okay, well, we'll take Christmas. We're going to do Christmas. Just let the Sinisterhood people know. <laughs> yeah, can you all tell them that? <laughs> Don't worry about it, guys. Just come listen to our We got the Christmas one. Christmas, okay? <laughs> it's great. Okay. All right, you guys have a good week, and we'll we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye.